me in the book of John, chapter 13. John, chapter 13. Hadn't it been good to be in the Lord's house? What a wonderful spirit that's in this place. I cannot help but to be overwhelmed by the last few phrases of that song and will be forever his and will be forever mine. Excuse me. Man, isn't that precious to think that one day we're going to be joined together with God for nothing else to separate us ever again. Nothing to ever interrupt our fellowship and our communion and our worship of Him. There will be no devil in heaven. There will be no cell phones in heaven. Amen. Man, you're going to try to pray and the phone's going to ring every time. Man, it will be forever mine. Isn't the Lord good? John 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world and to the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things unto his hand, that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that washed, that is washed, needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and sat down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if you do them. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, the attitude of a servant. Last week I began... Uh, a sermon about servanthood, and I want to continue that mindset today about a servant, but particularly I want to talk about the attitude of a servant. And as I begin to think about the ideal servant, the one that we could look to that really set an example of what service is and what service is about, there's no greater example than Jesus himself. When Jesus came to the earth, he left his glory in heaven. He left his throne, he left his crown, he left it all, and he wrapped himself in the robes of humanity, and he humbled himself, and he became a servant for God and for us. He came to the world to serve. 
He came to a world that was worthy, he was worthy of the world serving him. May I tell you that when Jesus came the first time, he could have came on that white horse. He could have came in glory and honor and pomp and circumstance and had the entire world bow down before him. But that's not what mankind needed. Mankind needed a servant. And he came to this earth being obedient to the will of the Father to serve. And everywhere he went and everywhere and everything that he did, he did to serve. He did to serve all the people that Jesus helped during his ministry. All the people that were affected. All the lives that were impacted by the compassion and love of a loving servant of Jesus Christ. Now we see that Jesus has come very to the very end of his ministry. And before they have the Last Supper and all, Jesus begins to wash the feet of his disciples. Now in the Middle East, the dirtiest part of anybody's body is the bottom of their feet. Their feet is the worst part because most of them wore sandals. They walked in the desert in the sand. They had all of this. If you remember when Saddam Hussein was captured, they uh, carried his statue throughout Iraq. If you remember, the people took their shoes off and they began to hit that statue because in the Middle East, that is a sign of disrespect, the bottom of your feet. To think that the Son of Glory took these men and sat them down there and he fell down. And man, if there's anybody willing or should fall down, it was the disciples that should have fell down before Jesus. But Jesus fell down before him, and this represents the heart of Jesus Christ. I believe it represents the motives of Jesus Christ. Many of you wouldn't touch my feet. I'm a germaphobe, I know. I understand. But can you imagine living in the Middle East and imagine how dirty and how filthy the feet of the disciples were. But Jesus is fixing to give them an example of how they're to take this and go out to the world and serve them. And He said, now that I've done this to you, now you go out and you do this to others. Jesus Christ, the Son of Glory, humbled Himself to the place that He did this. I see three motives here about Jesus and how He served them. The first one is humility. Jesus desired for the disciples to be exalted. Jesus was willing to put Himself down and lower Himself so that the disciples could be affected. There's not enough people today willing to be last. There's not enough people, even in the kingdom of God, willing to be the least. Jesus was willing to be last, and Jesus was willing to be the least. When He deserved to be the greatest, and He deserved to be first. Jesus showed us that if we're going to be the kind of servant that we need to be, we must humble ourselves just as He did. We must have humility. A mode of a service is always to exalt others. I think sometimes as Christians we are scared to death that somebody's going to get something that we don't have. Folks, it's alright to put other people before you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He became last and He became the least in the kingdom of God. The second motive was holiness. Jesus desired that His disciples would be clean. What was his motive from doing this? That lives would be affected by the service that he performed. His desire was for his disciples to be 
clean. When you go out and you serve and you go out and you love on people, the motive behind that is that holiness comes from this service. The reason that Jesus did what He did because He wanted people to be affected. He wanted there to be results. He wanted lives to be changed. He wanted souls and hearts to be changed and clean and holy. The only reason that Jesus did what He did was to come to save us. To come to redeem us. To come to forgive us. To come to deliver us from so great a sin. And understand that Jesus came and His whole life He humbled Himself so that we could be holy. So that our lives would be affected for the rest of our life. And know this today that our motive for service is to change people and to affect lives. Isn't it great to know that when you do something for somebody, how it impacts their life and how it may help to change it. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad Jesus came to do what He did because it changed my life. It changed my life. And I believe these disciples were forever changed because His motive was holiness. Holiness, humility, holiness, and happiness. And you go through all these Scriptures and we see all these principles apply. But look in verse 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. He's trying to teach them how to receive joy in their salvation. He's trying to teach them how to live in the abundance of their salvation. Understand, child of God, if you're only worried about your own happiness and your own self, you will never fulfill what God's called you to be. He said, I'm teaching you this so that you can know how to be happy. I want you to know today that it brings great joy to our hearts when we're doing what God's called us to do. When we see lives, doesn't it make you feel good? When you step outside the box and, and you become unselfish and you serve somebody, you do something for the Lord, it makes you feel good. It brings joy. It brings happiness. May I tell you the greatest happiness that you're going to find in this old world is living and serving for Jesus Christ. That is the greatest joy and the greatest happiness that anybody can find. Child of God, you're not going to find happiness outside of service for the Lord. You serve God and you serve others, and I promise you, you're going to receive a joy and a gladness that you're going to enjoy. Enjoy. I'll tell you what, doesn't it make you feel good? Oh, these people, man, there was joy that came from this. But I believe it brought joy to the Master. To know that his disciples were taken care of. To know the impact that it made. Would you look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 9? If you're with me, say amen. amen. One of the principles I want us to understand this morning, number one, is a true servant is never satisfied. A true servant is never satisfied. In verse 19, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 19, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men 
that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. I believe one of the attitudes that we must have as a servant is that we never get satisfied with what has been done. A true servant of Jesus Christ can truly never get enough of serving his master. A true servant of Jesus Christ is never satisfied with what has already taken place. A true servant of Jesus Christ is never done working. The work is never over. The work is never finished. And though you may have changed some lives, a true servant can see the rest that has not been changed yet. And one thing that I loved about the attitude of the Apostle Paul is he was never satisfied. He was never done working. He was never finished. You ever get to the point in place, well, man, I'll tell you, I've done enough around here. I've done enough around here, and I'm wore out, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. A true servant of Jesus Christ is never done serving till Jesus calls them home. Understand today that there is always work to be done. I know that we've been blessed around promised land. I know that we have seen souls saved. I know that we have seen lives changed. But I can tell you this preacher is not satisfied. I don't believe God is satisfied. Praise God for what he did yesterday. But I believe there's still a work to be done here. And I believe there's lives that still need saving. I believe there's still lessons that need to be taught. I believe there's sermons that still need to be preached. I believe, Brother Paul, there's songs that still need to be sung. A servant is never done serving. Well, I put my time in up there. Yeah, I've heard some of y'all say that. And I've said it and I've thought it. And so many times we look at our new building and we say, boy, man, if I can just get that building built, we're going to be done. Folks, we're not done. We'll never be done. It's never enough. You say, preacher, I have put in hour after hour and praise God for the fruit that has came in through all of that service and all of that effort. But folks, you've got family that's still lost. You've got friends that still didn't, doesn't know the Lord. We still have a community that needs to put their eyes on Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. A true servant is never done serving. He's never done serving. And he's willing to go out after everyone. Aren't you so glad that Paul was willing to reach the Gentiles? You know, he didn't put it all in a box. But you know, if you put rules on who you can reach and who you can serve, you may run out of service. But if you expand your horizon and understand that all people have a soul and that all people have a need to be saved and that all people have needs that need to be met that we need to serve, we need to serve all men. And this is what I love about this Scripture. There was no bounds, there was no prejudice about the service of the Apostle Paul. That's why he was never done. If you put bounds and you put laws on who you could talk to, then you're going to be done. But if you open it up to all, and that's who it ought to be opened up to, then you're never done. Every white man in the world deserves to be told about Jesus. Every black man in the world deserves to be told about Jesus. Every Hispanic 
in the world deserves to be told about Jesus. And when you open your heart to all men, great or small, rich or poor, well, they don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They don't do this. Well, they still have a soul. And they still have a need. And when you get to the point in place, I'm never done serving. I'm never content. I'm never satisfied. Then you'll keep going. And you'll reach them all. You'll reach as many as you can. I'm not saying all of them are going to get saved. But I'm just telling you, you'll get the word out. And you'll get the love of Christ out. And that's our job, folks, is to get the Word of God out and let God take care of the rest of it. And He will bring forth the harvest. Servants, child of God, you should never be done serving. Well, I put my time in. I give my tithe. I've done this. You know what I've heard people say? Well, I give my tithe so we can pay for somebody to do that. That way I don't have to do it. And boy, what a mentality. What a heart. Aren't you glad Jesus wasn't like that? Amen. Now see Jesus break Himself down to all men. And I love when the Pharisees and the religious self-righteous liars got so upset because He was eating with sinners. You know, He'd get so upset about the folks He was hanging out with because He went to the other side of town. And he went to those that didn't have all that money. And he went to those that wasn't so religious. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad he did that. And I'm glad he still does that today. Because while we may get done serving, Jesus is never done serving. And the work of Christ will continue on. Servant, child of God, stay on board. Keep on serving. There's no retirement in the service of God. There's no retirement plan when it comes to preaching the gospel. You preach till you can't preach no more. You sing till you can't sing no more. You teach till you can't teach no more. Ladies that cook for people when they're down, you keep cooking. Amen? You keep cooking. If God's called you to scrub a toilet, then you keep scrubbing the toilet for the honor and glory of God till you can't scrub no more. Let's keep serving the King. And one day our King's going to come back. And He's going to receive us. I want you to look in Luke chapter 6. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Luke chapter 6. A true servant is never satisfied and a true servant is never served. Luke 6 and verse 30. Give to every man that asketh of thee, of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them that to whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye for sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good. And lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be as the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. A true servant is never served. Notice what he said in verse uh, 32, in verse 33, in verse 34. If you only love those that love you back, he said, that's what all sinners do. 
It's easy to love those that love you back. But a true servant is to love those that don't even love them. A true servant is to do good unto those that's not expecting good back. A true servant is willing to give to those that's not willing to give back. Understand what a servant is. A servant is, does not have to be served. He's willing to lose. He's willing to take a hit, if you will, for the kingdom of God's sake. Now listen to this. Jesus said, if you expect something, every time you do something from somebody, He said, you're just like the rest of the world. But when you do it, just because you love them, just because you want to make a difference, God's going to bless that. Lost people are looking to get recognition. They're looking to get gain out of helping others. God's people are to serve because they love the Lord and they love people. We should never expect anything in return from our service. You say, preacher, I put in and I put in and I put in. Let me tell you something. This is not like the stock market. This is not like secular society. The more you put in, the more you get back. May I say that is true 1,000 times. But may I tell you, I may never see it on this side of heaven. May I tell you today that there's going to come a day that it's going to be worth it all. But if you give and you give and you say, Preacher, they ripped me off. Preacher, I did this for them. And they're my enemy now. They've run me down. Isn't it amazing you try to help somebody and they can come up with a hundred ways that you didn't help them the right way. Isn't that amazing? What does that make you want to do? Get on out of here. You don't need my money. You don't need my help. Jesus said that's not the attitude of a true servant. A true servant is never looking for any return on this side of glory land. Friend, what have you lost in the kingdom of God? And you say, preacher, I'm trying to be the right kind of servant. The right kind of servant is going to lose something. The right kind of servant is going to serve in a way and in a, and in a place that he's going to be taken advantage of. That people are going to do him wrong. And I've heard all the time, well, they have taken advantage of us. And I'll tell you what, what do we say? God give us good sense. God give us wisdom. God gave us money too. God gave us ways to help people. You say, well, they didn't handle it right the last time. Well, that's between them and God. If God leads you to help, you help. You say, well, we've been given. We don't see nothing in return. You will. Amen. You just hold on. You just hold on. A true servant doesn't have to be served by anybody. And I'll tell you what. To serve people that doesn't like you, that doesn't love you, that doesn't respect you, it's hard to serve some people. Treat you like a dog. You know what you got to do, child of God? You serve them anyway. And you love them anyway. You know what? You, you try to change their minds, but you can't change their minds. But God can change their hearts. And you just keep serving. And you keep on going. And I promise you, God's going to bless. God's going to bless. I want you to look in Philippians with me. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Philippians chapter 2. Oh, I don't know about y'all, but I think I may need to get a better attitude in my service. 
Philippians has fallen out of my Bible. <laughs> thought I was going to have to go to the front and see what page it was on. Philippians chapter 2 in verse 3. A true servant is never selfish. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let nothing be done with strife. Strife means angry, bitter, conflict. Do not serve in strife. Do not serve in vainglory. Vainglory is pride in oneself. Child of God, we must become unselfish in our service to the Lord. Do not do it with strife. Do not do it with conflict and bitterness. It's amazing how many times we serve and we don't want to serve. We're angry, we're mad, we're bitter. Well, here it is, I'm serving. Let's just get a blessing from it. Child of God, that's no way to serve. Do not serve in strife or vainglory. Not any pride in self. But notice what he said, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. You should always exalt others above you. Notice verse 4. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Your eyes should be able to go past your kingdom and to see the kingdom of others. Understand today that we've got to get our eyes off self. We've got to get attention off self. But preacher, I need this and I need this. Child of God, when was the last time that you were worried about the needs of your family, the needs of your neighbors, the needs of your community? Yes, praise God, God's been good to us. But you need to bless others with the goodness that God has blessed you with. And it's time to reach out past us and to look at the need of others. And you say, preacher, I don't know how to do that. Well, he explained how we do that in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You put on the same mentality and the same motive that Jesus had when He came to serving you. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad Jesus saw past Him and He saw me. But made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Folks, may I tell you, Jesus did not have to become a man. He, he had a choice. Way back yonder at the foundation of the earth, he made that choice. And he set his face like a flint. And he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to go do this. And he humbled himself. He lowered himself. Because you know what? He looked past his own thoughts and he saw mine. He saw my need and he saw yours. Notice what he said. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. A service that has never been forgotten. A service that has changed millions and possibly even billions of lives. A service that we still praise Him for. A service that is still preached about and sung about and taught about. A service that has forever affected my life. You know why? 
Because he didn't think about his own needs. He looked at my need. And he became obedient to my need. And he humbled himself. Child of God, when's the last time that you hurt and you took a loss so that somebody else could get gain? I know it hurts, but I'm telling you, there's a joy and a happiness that God's going to give you when you do that. Like you ain't never felt in your life before. Say, preacher, I can't do that. Well, friend, that's what Jesus did for us. He lost so that we could get gain. <gasps> he lowered Himself. And all I can see and think is my Master, the Son of Glory, the Alpha and Omega, getting down on His feet. Down there with the nasty feet. Whew. Just washing and loving and crying. Man, He loved them. That He humbled Himself and He became obedient. And He just got down. And all the communion they had that day Oh, the fellowship they had that day. Folks, them disciples were sitting there. And they had the great I Am touching their feet. Loving on them. Can you imagine the impact? You know what Peter said? No, you ain't washing me. Boy, he had a mouth on him, didn't he? You ain't washing me. And he said, well, if I don't, you ain't got no part. He said, then wash my head, wash my whole body. Get all over me. And that day Jesus humbled himself. And he loved on them people. And he loved on them people. And Brother Paul, I have a feeling those people never forgot when the Son of Glory got down. And he humbled himself. And not many days went by, he humbled himself and he went to Calvary. And he got on that cross. And he became obedient to death. And even the cross. Oh, what a servant who served me. When I didn't accept it, He still served me. When I wasn't worthy, He still served me. When I didn't appreciate it, He still served me. When I didn't say thank you, He still served me. What a mighty God we serve.